0: Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank & Trust. Visit fabnt.com for details. Member FDIC. Live from the Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one collar-driven sports show. It's Drive Drive Time Time Sports Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on on the the air. air. Hour number two at Drive Time Sports. Rick Schaefer standing by Northwest Arkansas. Marcus Elliott, I'm Randy Rainwater from Central Arkansas. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service, 501-562-2293, family-owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys.
1: I'll
0: ask you, what's, what's, what's new today?
2: what's new today (laughs) well j5's leaving
3: yeah right that's good that's that's one thing I would say that's
2: yeah that's the biggest stuff and we talked a little bit yesterday about you know Arkansas's activity in the transfer portal and it seems like they have reached out to everybody which we you know thought that that would be obvious in terms of trying to get a big man but uh, when you're reaching out to guards and stuff like that it kind of makes you think that People probably will be leaving. I mean, we were just talking about that yesterday, and then, lo and behold, today Jalen Harris announced that he is entering the transfer portal and will play his last year somewhere else as a graduate. So, uh, good for him. I mean, um, you know, Jalen contributed last year, and uh, but there was a there's there's a lot of really good players coming in next year, and it might have cut into his playing time a little bit. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but there's, they've absolutely been highly active in, in the transfer market in terms of reaching out players. We've got a long list on HogSports.com, combined by Alma Razorback, one of, our, one of our good posters on there. I mean, he's just been keeping up with everything that's been coming across in terms of who has been contacted by Arkansas. So we've got a pretty long list going there. Um, some other content we have, you know, just Danny West has a breakdown on the last four recruits that have been offered by Arkansas and you know, why those offers were made. Uh, Gabe Brooks, who's our regional recruiting analyst, has a breakdown on Terry Wells at a win, the offensive lineman, slash defensive lineman. I guess he could play defense too, but uh, I think he'll be end up being on the offensive side. Uh, who's, uh, you know, Arkansas's long commit in the 2021 class. Um, let's see, what else we got? Oh, ESPN released their way too early. Ranking for 2021. I know you like that, Rick. Mm-hmm. But it does have Arkansas ranked number 20th in the country. So it shows that, that oh, wow. people are paying attention out there. And Arkansas has a champ. I mean, let's wait and see what – I mean, it's way too early because we don't even know what Mason Jones or Isaiah Joe is going to do yet. Uh, but if those guys were to come back with what they have coming in next year, not only from high school, but the guys that sat out last year and the possible addition of another grad transfer, Arkansas could be pretty dangerous next year. So um, – I think that's most of the main stuff. There. We've got a few you know, more specific articles on some of the, the transfers out there. We've got a, a look at Arkansas's linebacker core. Tomorrow we'll have a, a closer breakdown on Arkansas' secondary. Uh, but we've had quite a bit of content today. Like I said yesterday, we've been pacing content-wise above where we were this time last year, and it's just mainly because we know people are out there looking for information on sports, and we want to try to provide as much as we can.
0: Back to that two early top 25 uh, by ESPN. Looks like it's going to be a, another good year uh, for the SEC. Number five is Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 14, I believe is the next one up, uh, that would be the Tennessee Volunteers. I should have wrote this out. 18 would be LSU, that is, if they have a program next year. Uh, mm-hmm. 20, uh, you mentioned the Arkansas Razorbacks, and let's see, is that the last? I think one that's it. The SEC, yeah. Yep. So didn't look bad for the for the SEC. And, and they had,
2: uh, they did DSC, mention yeah. Florida also as a uh, next in line. They listed five next in line types. I guess that would be the other receiving vote type of category, but Florida was in there too. So yeah, it looks like another strong year for LSU, or for for the SEC. And as you mentioned with LSU. Uh man, <laughs> it, it amazes me that Will Wade still has a job right now. Yes. And, I mean, it, it, it just baffles me, I guess, that you know, you're on tape saying the stuff that he said and still has a job. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised by anything right now with the NCAA. And I, I think it's probably just a matter of time. Yeah.
0: I don't understand why the conference office – I'm sure they've read the same thing or heard mm-hmm. maybe the same thing. Why, they're not putting pressure on LSU to uh, either publicly come out and uh, give some kind of stance. Wish we're still going to stand behind our man regardless of what we heard on tape. Mm-hmm. Then we got to just wait. I don't know if, if the SEC is waiting for the NCAA to run its process. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know
1: either. But, guys, could, <clears throat> do you think, again, these FBI uh, investigations going for a long time. I, I wonder, and I'm sure there's a bunch been a significant communication with the FBI and the NCAA. I wonder if there are simultaneous investigations going on. They may have asked, asked the NCAA to, to, to be slow in their, you know, punishment
2: or their. Access. Maybe. I mean, I guess if you can't just say, hey, you're out. I guess there's got to be some kind of due process and, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But, I mean, it's <laughs> – I mean, you guys on tape that talking about paying for players. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know I don't how know. much
0: more evidence they need than what they heard on tape.
2: I know. I mean, it's just like, oh, we were just joking around, it's taking right. out of context. I mean, come right. on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we can pay more than the the D yeah. League or And D then they league. got, got him so?
2: talking with Sean Miller on the you know, on the other line and he's like, uh Sean Miller's like, Wow, Will Wade just doesn't care. Yeah, he's he's changing the game on how much they're paying these guys.
1: <laughs> my my guess is the FBI probably knows and, and is working on if they don't have evidence that they're probably more than just these co- two coaches involved. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. may be compiling uh information. That's just my guess. I don't know. So it's really not about just getting any one particular coach. It's probably about yeah. exposing this entire The system. whole thing,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Could
1: be. My
0: guess. All right, let's talk with uh, Tom. Tom, good afternoon. you got a question or comment for Trey.
4: I do appreciate it. Thank you uh, taking my call. Uh Thank you. You know, two things I think about spring football. I know it's not going on right now, but two things I'm really interested in is the offensive line and the defensive line. Well, actually, the front six they mm-hmm. go to that three-three-five, and I know in my mind nothing's going to be settled on the offensive line until them three big freshmen get here in the in the fall, and uh, know that Pittman uh, offensive line coach are not against playing freshmen, and so that's you're going to have to wait for them to get here. But I'm I, I, thinking about that three-three-five. Mm-hmm. I know
2: that. And do we know for so, sure they're so going to be running a three-three-five? I mean, well, I don't
4: know. That's one we've I'm heard not...
2: right. So we've heard all kinds. Of, we've heard that he's told recruits that they're going to be running a three-three-five. We know at Memphis, his three years as defensive coordinator at Memphis, he ran a three-four. At Missouri, his one year as defensive coordinator there, they were running a four-three, and he just kind of, you know, well, kept, it as, four, kept <laughs> it as a four. He kept it as a four-three, and then. Uh, after he became head coach they ran a four three and they'd bring a four two five in on third down and then last year they pretty much ran a four two five exclusively. So well, is, I'm not sure exactly what they're gonna run. Yeah. I mean this, this they could is, be all over what, the place.
4: This is what I'm wondering about. You know, we, we know that solely and Williams actually went down in weight instead of going up. And last year they were in amongst that four their defensive ends in a four three. But did mm-hmm. they Losing weight, if they've got good length, they got good quickness, good speed. Could they be the ones, uh, like outside linebackers in a three-three, free. and they could have some big guys across the front, like you'd normally think, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, LeBlanc and, and uh, kelly they, they they well, not not uh, Pittman. They like big guys on the on the offensive and defensive line. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if uh, Bumper Pool will obviously be one of them if he's healthy, but I wonder if they're not thinking about these guys solely and Williams could actually play outside linebackers in 3-3. And I'll, right. I'll hang up with them. Thank you.
2: Right. So if they run an odd front, then one of those outside linebacker types, one of those outside linebackers is going to be like a hybrid linebacker end um, probably – like a matteo Soli or Zach Williams. Those guys would be outside linebackers in this type of defense. You know, you'd have a nose tackle or nose guard. You'd have two bigger ends, you know, like a Eric Gregory would fit into a bigger end type. Um, let see who else. I mean, maybe uh, maybe Isaiah Nichols would fit into a bigger end, uh, one of those types, and, you know, maybe uh, Jonathan Marshall inside as the nose. So, But there's all kinds of different combinations, but you're going to have – basically two more traditional type of linebackers, and then you'd have a linebacker who is basically an end. I mean, it's almost – I mean, a lot of coaches will tell you nowadays it doesn't even matter what you say, if it's a odd mm-hmm. front or an even front or what because they're doing yeah. so many different things. But And then your other – your fifth defensive back would basically be, you know, a hybrid of a linebacker safety. So you'd have a hybrid linebacker safety and a hybrid defensive end linebacker basically. But again, it almost doesn't matter what you call it these mm-hmm. days. But Trey, I, I, I
0: don't know if you talked to Sam Pittman about the linebacking core, but uh, the problem was they were so limited in numbers and then in talent, they were pretty word limited to what they could do defensively a year ago. Is that going to be different this year?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, if you talk about going to you know, having, a, whether you want to call it a three-three-five or a 3-4, you know, just depending on what you want to call those hybrid positions, are they defensive backs or are they linebackers, uh, you know, you're going to be talking about moving guys like Matteo Soli would be considered a linebacker, Deshaud Stewart would be considered, you know, an outside linebacker, uh, Zach Williams also. So you would be adding, you know, to that group with those types of players versus having – I don't even know that you would even see them running with a traditional, you know, three traditional linebackers. I don't think that they would, they would do that no matter what the defense is. I think you're just talking about two linebackers on the field at the same time for the most part. That's what I, that's what I would is guess. Is that by
0: num- mandated by numbers or is that mandated uh, by talent?
2: You mean in terms of them going to that type of look? I think it's it better be to it, yeah, linebackers. It's, I think it's probably a combination, but probably numbers would play a big role. I mean, if you if you just you know pretty much go with those two interior linebackers, then you've got Bumper Pool, Grant Morgan, Levi Draper, uh, Hayden Henry, Andrew Parker, Zach Zimos. Is that it for that you would consider you know inside linebacker types out of the scholarship pool? Correct. And maybe Zymos would be Zimos might be a guy that lines up outside, you know. He's a taller, longer type of guy, you know. So he might be an outside an outside guy in that equation. But yeah, I mean, I I think it probably it boils down to a little bit of both numbers and and talent. But it also could just boil down to that's how Barry Odom prefers to do defense. I mean. When he's just said, "Okay, this, you know, we're going to put our defense in." When he was at Memphis, that they ran an odd front; they had a three-four. And when he was at Missouri, they, you know, just kind of kept things going the way they were. With the four Now, three. did I
0: understand this correctly? Uh, I realize Commissioner Sankey suspended all spring activities. but and then the kids were basically told, all right, you got to go home." Mm-hmm. Why were not? Uh, did I understand this correctly? They they could not apparently take the uh, playbooks home with them.
2: I'm um, not sure that they can't take a playbook home with them, Randy. I don't think that's the case. Now, as far as like going over the playbook with the coaches and stuff, I don't know that they're able to do that.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're able to go over. Yeah, you know, the playbook with the with the coaches. But I I just mm-hmm. thought I understood. They're kind of sending them. Bits and pieces of the playbook
2: is the way I understood it. Pittman said – Pittman used the word handouts.
0: Handouts, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the term.
2: Although, you know, they say that that Kendall Browse doesn't really have a playbook. He doesn't, you know, that's not – I don't know what that means exactly, but that's kind of the way people have have said it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Come up with some – Pretty, you know, some certain concepts, and then build off. I don't, I don't know exactly, but somebody had said that he doesn't necessarily have a playbook, so I don't know what that <laughs> what that even means. But uh, yeah, Hibitman did kind of mention like, you know, they're they're limited to handouts and stuff like that. Now the guys that aren't on campus, the recruits, which this is what's kind of funny about how things are set up as far as recruits go. So when you're recruiting a player, you can you know, open up your playbook, go over stuff. You can take them in for a team meeting, you know, have them them sit there and watch a team meeting, meet with their coaches individually and all that kind of stuff. But once that kid signs with you, you can't do any of that stuff with them. So when they're being recruited before they sign, you can, you know, go over all that stuff, film study, meeting, team meeting room, all that kind of stuff. But (laughs) after (laughs) they sign, that stuff ends. You can't do any of that stuff with them until they enroll.
0: Now, That is crazy. Pretty crazy. Doesn't
2: make any sense, does it? No,
0: no. I mean, what? All right. Now, what happens if they enroll in um, in May or first of June, whenever the, the mm-hmm. summer school session is supposed to begin? Can they get it then, or do they have to still wait until August before? No, they, no. Once they once really they start.
2: enroll, yeah. Once they enroll, they can get they can start getting stuff, and then. You know, in the summers, they're able to do more stuff with the players than, than they were in the past.
0: Well, yeah, that's why I was asking you the other day. It sounded like even though they didn't have a football, they were still able to get some concepts in simply because they, they could walk through it or, mm-hmm. or otherwise.
2: Like if you're a kid that. from – say you're a quarterback from Fayetteville High School and the coaches feel great about you coming to Arkansas, you know you don't, you're not going anywhere else. I mean, it would almost be a benefit of you just to not sign. You know, that way whenever you go on campus, you could sit in on a meeting and stuff and you wouldn't be breaking any rules. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, we're not going to sign anybody at all. And mm-hmm. um, just show up at uh, the first of June or end of May, and we'll get you enrolled in summer school. And by the time, you've got a really good look at the playbook. Of course, am
2: surprised. I'm surprised Brett Bealman never came up with something like that. You know, he's always finding a little – Little ways around the rules he always talked about him being on the rules committee and stuff there was a thing several years ago when they were playing penn state it was back when they decided to start the clock when the kick when the ball was kicked when they were doing all those things to save time you guys remember that that would have been mm-hmm. yes yeah that would have, um, that would have been around darren mcfadden time when they first started implementing all that stuff but so Belama, in order to get to halftime, just started onside kicking or kicking the ball out of bounds over and over again, just to take seconds here and there off the clock. <laughs> he always found a way around stuff. So I'm Good. surprised he never thought of something like that. Oh yeah, they said Joe that, Paterno was livid.
0: Uh, I didn't think it took having to purposely kick it out of bounds a couple of years ago for the uh, ball to go out of bounds by an Arkansas kicker. There was yeah. a time. So, had a difficult time just putting one in play.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't have to practice kicking it out of bounds, did he? <laughs> no. It
0: worked really well. <laughs> Speaking of Darren McFadden, I know this is not one of your favorite sites, Trey, but uh, my favorite. Saturday site, down south? Sports, yeah, Saturday down south. Yeah. But uh, this guy, Connor O'Gara, did a really good job. Uh, the headline Debates Down South. Should Darren McFadden have won a Heisman trophy? And I gotta tell you he did his homework. I mean it is it is a very well written article. And he felt felt like in O six is the one he should have won. Uh oh seven, he said that belonged to Tim Tebow
2: 06, on top of it all, oh six McFadden kind of got messed over just because from a stats standpoint, that's when they started implementing all these, the weird clock rules, you remember, and then they pulled back on a bunch of them, and it kind of cut into the amount of plays that you had every game and ultimately cut into the amount of yardage that he was able to produce. But what's interesting about that year in 06 is that was the last year a player went wire to wire for the Heisman. Started off as the Heisman favorite in Troy Smith and ended up winning the Heisman, okay, that's the last year it happened. After that, it just seemed like it was the hot name at the end over and over and over again. And Tim Tebow, the thing that, that kind of stunk to me about it the next year, and you can say Tim Tebow should have won it or whatever, and I guess they're they're saying he should have won it in 06 but not 07. But the thing with Tim, Tim Tebow, yeah, he, he he rushed for 20 touchdowns, threw 20 touchdown passes, first player ever to do that. But And he was the first – he was the youngest – Classification, first sophomore to ever win the award, right? Yes. So what stunk about that is before then, if you were a quarterback, you had to lead your team to a championship level. And Tebow led his team, Florida, that year to a third-place finish in the Eastern Division. Nothing spectacular from a wins-losses standpoint. The only thing that was spectacular was everybody was enamored with Tim Tebow. And they made this huge deal about it. That he was the first sophomore to win the award. Nobody ever mentioned that Darren McFadden was actually, even though he was a junior, Darren McFadden was two weeks younger than Tim Tebow. You know, McFadden was like had a really late birthday. You know, um, and Tebow was one of those guys that was held back in high school. I guess I don't know, but he was he was older. You know, and um, you know I'm so. Cool.
3: Yeah, he was yeah. homeschooled, so I don't know if that had anything to do with his age, but yeah, he
2: well, he was he was he was older, and McFadden was like seventeen when he enrolled. Yeah. Uh, so nobody ever made nobody ever brought that up that McFadden was actually younger. So McFadden went into that next year as the Heisman Trophy favorite, but the year before was literally the last time that a player went wire to wire, and it was at that time when Troy Smith won it. It was viewed as. You know, almost like a lifetime achievement award. You know, for your everything that you did in college, and McFadden was viewed as a sophomore, too young to win it, right? So, yeah, I do think that McFadden um, should have won a Heisman Trophy, and and very well could make the argument that he should have won two at Arkansas.
0: Well, going back to that that biasness, or however you want to call it, against at that time a sophomore winning mm-hmm. the Heisman Trophy. I mean, even Herschel Walker, they passed over Herschel Walker yep. as a sophomore.
2: Yep, and they won the national championship that yeah. year.
0: W R O N G, wrong. wrong. Yeah. All right, Trey, we'll talk to you tomorrow. That's TreyVideoHogSports.com okay. being brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. Drive Time Sports will continue in a moment. To be a part of the action, call 433-1037 or toll-free 1-800-477-1037. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. For those that may have missed, we are carrying every day Uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson's update uh, concerning the uh, coronavirus. And if you missed that, we're going to provide a little recap if you will uh, this is governor hutchinson earlier today
5: sadly we have our first death uh, from covid19 and since uh, that came about uh, earlier today we've had another death so now we have two deaths from covid19 what we're seeing is the calm before the storm now i know that many people don't see this as a calm but i think the way that is phrased makes us understand that we're still uh, on, the, on the lower end of the slope as it goes up. And so this needs to be uh, understood by everybody in Arkansas that we're still on the front end of this uh, COVID-19 uh, emergency that we have in the state of Arkansas. As we go to the discussion of personal protective equipment, and these are the masks, the gowns, the gloves, things that our healthcare care providers and others need, This morning we received 24 pallets of uh, PPE from the strategic stockpile. And so uh, we have had our second allocation uh, from the strategic stockpile nationally that came in at 2 a.m. this morning. And for example, this includes 27,800 N95 masks. So this is good news for us. Yesterday I mentioned that we placed an order from the state of Arkansas through our UAMS procurement team. And uh, this was 1 million units. 1 million units are scheduled to begin arriving this weekend. And so combined with what we're receiving from the strategic stockpile with uh, what we are receiving uh, from our order later this week from, for the state of Arkansas, this will cover us for the next 60 days at our current usage rate. I get asked the question "Well, why don't you shut down all businesses or why don't you issue a shelter in place order. And I've talked to other governors, I've looked at some of the orders and and, uh, whenever you look at uh, essential businesses continuing, uh, whenever you look at uh, many of these are advisory, uh, I believe we're approaching it in the right way which is being very specific under Dr. Smith's leadership of giving a directive as to who should be open, who should not be concentrating on uh, that face-to-face or person-to-person mission. But uh, you have to ask the question, if you go further and close more, when do you open them up, when you know that we're going to be in this situation for uh, eight to 12 weeks, uh, even before it starts peaking? And so with that, uh, we need to make sure that we make the right decisions now. And as long as the public does what they need, and our businesses Follows the guidelines that we've offered then we're going to put the protective measures in place through screening through uh, Personal distancing uh, through not gathering more than 10 people and so as people uh, go about their their Necessary and essential parts of life uh, Be mindful of these admonitions uh, as we don't have to be out and we can stay at home That's obviously uh, the best thing that we can do as a society I do want to applaud uh, some of our businesses and highlight some of the best practices that I see, and I received a letter from uh, Black Hills Energy, and maybe I got that because I'm a customer of theirs, Uh, but they indicated that uh, to support customers that may be impacted by COVID-19, Black Hills Energy is temporarily suspending non-payment disconnections for our customers. We are also reminding customers that face financial hardships that there are various assistance options and programs available to help them. Uh, this is just an example of one of the things that's happening in the state of Arkansas from employers, uh, from so many others that are trying to be neighborly, uh, trying to do the right thing uh, during this crisis.
0: That was Governor Ace uh, Hutchinson. Uh, his press conferences have varied from one thirty to 2.30 and uh, they have been virtually seven days a week and yeah. um, we will continue on our flagship station 1037 The Buzz We thanks to K T V Channel 7 we will continue to carry those updates every day until further notice. Um, this was a story that um, I got off the Chicago Tribune and it was talking about Chicago sports bars scramble to stay open during the the coronavirus outbreak. And when you start looking at some of these numbers, in Chicago alone, there are 7,500 bars and restaurants. I realize Hmm. a lot bigger than Arkansas. Well, it's a big city, Uh, yeah. One of the biggest in the world.
3: One of the biggest in America, yeah. Mm-hmm. 7,500
0: bars and restaurants. Um, there, in the state of Illinois, there are 25,000 bars and restaurants, and they employ over 588,000-plus customers. Mm-hmm. And sales were off 40 to 70% before the governor informed us he was going to shut the bars and restaurants down.
3: You know, and, they, and that that's a dangerous precedent because again, uh, there are a lot of them that are serving uh, drive-up, and that at least gives them some income. But that's what the Senate's debating right now is passing these things, and there there are those that say that if this continues and there is no stimulus, which I think there will be shortly, but if there's none, seventy percent of those bars and restaurants that close will never reopen. So that's that's the correct. time we're in, and that's that's we, they need some help.
1: Yeah. Big time,
0: Mark. I know I interrupted you a moment ago.
1: No, 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 no. I just um, you I, I appreciate that, man. I, I know a lot of times people join or or listen to sports um, talk shows uh, like this to 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 gain a release and uh, get a, an escape from some of uh, today's problems. I, I just want to compliment you, Randy, and 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 you, Rick, on on the balance. Um, in uh, drive time sports, I think a uh, really good job of uh, sharing uh, important information that, that we all need to know, but at the yeah. same time, understanding that that uh, people uh, enjoy some type of uh, escape uh, in situations like this. So so great job. And I also think the governor's uh, press conference is a very, very clear uh, um, plan of action going forward. So uh, really appreciative of those things. I think they're very important for our state appreciate what he's doing
3: well we're fortunate to be able to to do this you know the interesting thing has been that um, you know people keep calling us Mm -hmm. and we still have a lot of things to talk about Mm -hmm. and we're very grateful for that because uh, without our callers obviously we wouldn't know if we were just babbling to ourselves and so it's nice to have that and there are still sports subjects that we have I don't know if the Democrat Gazette, if they just decided, okay, if they had some of these banked or what. Bob Holt had an enormously long story today about uh, Arkansas great coaches uh, Uh or coaches associated with Arkansas. Yesterday, uh, Tom Murphy had a very nice story talking to many Arkansas coaches about what they're doing with this free time. It's, It's really astonishing. I thought, I can't remember who's, maybe it was in Tom's story where he talked about Mike Leach, his line. He said he's, this is the second day of no sports. He noticed a woman sitting on his couch. He thinks it's his <laughs> yes. wife. She's pretty nice. Because coaches live such lives where they're not always home that much. And uh, it's just uh, – but, but I think everybody's trying to do a, a good job. It's funny, Randy, I read a story column in the Wall Street Journal about sports radio with no sports to talk about. And one guy – this was pretty funny – he went on the air. Uh, I can't remember which network he was on, and he gave detailed descriptions of a game between his wife and daughter of shoots and ladders, and how uh, his his a wife what? took what, shoots and ladders. It's a table that? game for kids, and and how his <laughs> wife took this commanding lead, but she couldn't quite get up the last ladder, and so here came. His, I remember, his son or daughter from behind, roaring from behind and actually came from behind to win the game of shoots and ladders and, and he took a long time to describe that so there are people that are coming up with some creative things to do during this time when sports is inactive and uh, it's, it's, it's got to be, if it's tough for us, what about the ones that are the players, the athletes, the coaches and I brought this up before, I mean even look at Tom Brady, okay he has a press conference today, there's nobody there. Um, Andy Kennedy has a press conference being announced as the new coach at Alabama-Birmingham. There's nobody there, so you're having to do it where people can listen in and they can ask questions in other ways. It's a whole different thing. Brady's 42. He's about to turn 43. What if his season's delayed? At 43, he's not going to get it back. I think of Adam Wainwright, who last year people thought, well, it's going to be his last year with the Cardinals. He had such a good year, he got a one-year contract for this year. He's 38. There's no guarantee he's going to be back next year, so this is the year he was really uh, focusing on. And so you think about some of these older athletes, um, it's got to be a difficult time for all of them as they contemplate the fact that their career may uh, be near an end without being able to compete.
0: Sure. This is Drive Time Sports, Rick Schaefer. Marcus Sellett, better known as M.E. I'm Randy Brainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue after this time The number one sports radio show in Arkansas. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Uh, I kind of teased on this earlier. Well, let me get to this first. From our Keith Lee Service company, Life in Feedback. Mitch, my man in Northwest Arkansas, he says, This show, I've said this many times before, but your show is the Floyd's Barbershop of Arkansas. <laughs> sure, people talk sports, but it couldn't be more important than now when social
3: interaction
0: is so limited.
3: Well, Thank you know, nature. we need a substitute for Floyd's barbershop because Governor Hutchinson has ordered all the barbershops to be closed. So <laughs> we're going to stay on, and you can call us and uh, tell us what's going on with Aunt B if you'd like to. Who's Otis?
0: Yeah. Who's it's Otis? <laughs> yeah. Well, who's, you don't know who Otis right? is?
3: Well, yeah, okay. Well, why were you asking me that? Well, we know who Otis is. Well, yeah, well, well, you who would, who would be Otis, Otis on too. the show? Otis Kirk. Otis uh, Kirk. Well, I'm not going to say anybody on the show would be Otis, where uh, we'd be locked up at night to keep us safe from drinking. I, I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd put any of us in that category. I'm hoping not. To. What about
1: one of our callers? Who would that be?
3: Oh my, Otis, <laughs> I'm not about to try that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief! Well,
0: I, well see, seeming that you must have somebody minding. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm thinking of. Oh, all whoa, I, whoa, love,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. I love, I oh, love that okay. show. I was just thinking of all the characters. Yeah. Oh, right this. Okay. 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 All right, I started on know. this.
0: I started on this earlier, and I got sidetracked. Well, no, Kevin McPherson came on. Um, the sports books out in Vegas mm. are getting mm. really creative. Um, as an example, uh, you can bet on the um, Premier Soccer League. Apparently, they're still going on. Um, you can bet on the first number right of the decimal point on the dow jones at closing today you can bet on the candidates chess tournaments in russia uh, they also uh, further down the list includes which member of the trump cabinet will be the next to leave shortest odds in alex azar who's head of the health and human services which airline will be the first to file for bankruptcy American is 1.5 to minus 1 delta, nearly 3 to 1 southwest, more than 5 to 1. Uh, when will the feds announce negative interest rates? I hope that happens quick. <laughs> um, you can bet on the last kid standing at the National Spelling Bee would wear glasses. But now that May event has been suspended. Um, you can also... They're taking about the same amount of bets on the daily weather bets. I guess how close you get to the temperature Mm. that's projected for that day. Um, The sport books are currently listing Donald Trump as a slight favorite to win re-election over Joe Biden. And maybe pundits should pay more attention to the betting public and less to the pollsters. Uh, Bavrata. Posted an over-under date of return of the NBA and Major League Baseball mm. by July 3rd. So and both uh, of
3: them by July 3rd or baseball by July, say, 3rd. July 3rd? That's what it's July NBA, oh. July the 3rd? July really? the 3rd. And
0: they would go Player, ahead and play? Governor, Governor said that a few minutes ago that it's not going to peak in Arkansas until 8 right. to 12 weeks.
3: Yeah. No question. Start doing the oh. math. No. When will it peak uh, in Madison Square Garden? I mean, New York, New York's kind of under a. a they're they about as closed as anybody. So maybe the NBA won't restart at all. July the third for the NBA baseball. I can see that because you still got August, September, October. NBA by the time they finish, it's time for camp.
1: Nobody well, knows. Jeff Van, I mean, people
3: Jeff are just Van throwing Gundy. things out. Now. That's true. Jeff
0: Van yeah. Gundy is is convinced the NBA season is over. So wow. I guess I would go the other way on that one. Um, you can still place bets on your favorites for the Super Bowl and the World Series. Georgia is still listed as a seven-point underdog to Alabama for their seventeenth, uh, September the nineteenth scheduled games. Um, I mean, that's just some of the things that they're <laughs> they're trying to come up with to keep the machine running.
3: You need to keep and, people gambling, um, don't they?
0: Yeah. I've uh, got this today. Uh, Over-under win totals of the National Football League. Arizona, 7.5. Atlanta, 7.5. Baltimore, 11.5. Buffalo, 8.5. Carolina, 5.5. Chicago, the Bears, 8.5. Cincinnati, 5.5. Cleveland, 8.5. Dallas. Do you buy this one, Mark? With all the moves they made, or letting guys go, particularly the on the defensive of moves, yeah. side of the
1: football, nine and a half. Mm. Don't know yet. No.
0: Well, they 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 kept their offense pretty well intact. Uh, yeah, intact, except for Frederick's. Just, yeah, and that's a big, but that's a big loss today. though, Randy. That's a uh-huh.
1: really, and he was awfully good. Now he struggled a little bit last year. Uh, but they they quite as this kept. That offensive line has not been as solid the past couple of years as it has been in the past. Number one, the right guard uh, he's been injured quite a bit, on and off. The left tackle he guys he's shot. I mean I, I I don't know how they don't draft another left tackle because Tyrone um, I can't Smith I believe is his name. The left tackle is just injured and so fragile now, and he's just not the player he's been. He was a key call, key reason for the success of that offensive line for the Cowboys. I I, I just think that line is very, very overrated right now.
0: Uh, your Patriots, Rick, nine and a half. Woo! I think I'd take that one now.
3: Oh, you would? Yeah, because you'd go under, right? Nine and a half? Well, you I still mean, got Belichick, paid. but you don't have Brady. He so, ain't playing though. So according to uh, I don't think he suits up. Belichick, no, but he's yeah. he's pretty much of a genius. But according to Marcus, they're still in the Eastern Division of the AFC, so that's an that's automatic true. six or eight, regardless. So
1: it's like they're like in the seven uh, A West in high school. The rest <laughs> of the in uh, or uh, AFC East.
3: The 7A West is pretty darn good, Marcus, because until the last two years, they won, what, 93 straight championships since you played? Oh, my goodness, And you're saying the AFC East? (sighs) You're saying the AFC East? You're making it sound like the seven yeah, A West I, is not strong. Seven A West is really strong. I wanna pick up
1: the I wanna pick up the phone and talk to the coaches. I, I think if they're compared to the AFC East of the professional football, I think they would think that was a compliment.
3: Well you're saying that is <laughs> a derogatory because you're saying the AFC East isn't any good. So you know, Not to the AFC seven a West, I'm so saying it to the AFC East. That's a compliment. You're saying you're comparing the two. That's what I thought you said, okay. and the Seven A West is really good. Okay, so that means the NFC or the AFC East must be pretty. No, good. The, the
1: teams other than the Patriots. That's a soft conference. Mm. Is i won mean.
0: number three, straight <laughs> ahead.